John. College football once again proves it's the greatest sport in the world, and nobody uh-huh. changed my mind. Uh, no especially K State freaking football man. Oh my gosh! I don't get about? it, man. Uh. <laughs> We've woken up. I've made John wake up at eight thirty in the morning so we can cover this and get it out on Sunday because I think it's such an important win. I think we need to get a pot out on Sunday. Just kind of instant reactions. We've slept on it. Um, you can tell that my I was definitely yelling a little bit last night. My voice is uh, not exactly at 100%, but I think we'll be able to make it through. 41 to 34, John. Um, there's a lot of things to take away from this game, um, but man, does it feel good. I mean, we talked about last, like, you know, about comparison to last year, how we struggled against Oklahoma State, put together a really good offensive performance against Oklahoma in 2021, but I think we've easily topped it here in 2022, especially with a perfect start. Couldn't ask for a better way to start the game. Chris Kleiman, you know, wins the toss. He takes the ball, which was really great. Love to see the aggression and set the tone. But, I mean, kind of just an instant reaction, John, to, you know, a huge win in Norman. I think maybe the better comparison is 2020 when you're not able to to get to get a – um, when you're not able to manage a win over another group of five team and which that was Arkansas State prior to be prior to another road game in Norman but I mean K-State really they took things right out of a get-go and just they, they did they dictated this game especially on the offensive side I mean Adrian Martinez this was this was his staple game uh, not only as a as a K-State Wildcat but um, overall as one of the um as as a as a quarterback in general like you you look at all the close games that he's played at Nebraska he was just always falling on on the wrong side of of these close contests um and he and he and they and they were like nearly close like neck and neck with Oklahoma last season when he was playing for Nebraska all all it took was for a little bit of change of scenery to uh really get things going but um you know that that was an that was an offensive performance that you weren't expecting. I wasn't expecting. Nobody at Tanner's Bar and Grill <laughs> or anybody anywhere was expecting at all from Adrian Martinez. Um, we we can get into the numbers real quick. Uh, I mean, in, in a second, but um, just it was just absolutely insane, especially when you're going up against a Brent Venables-minded defense, who has who has held Nebraska to 14 points. Um, ultimately, they've, they've, been, they've been kind of like K-State's defense where it's just been pretty much a steel curtain. But K-State just absolutely lit them up right out of a get-go. 275 rushing yards. Uh, and then you also got um, 234 yards passing from Adrian Martinez. I mean, this was – overall, this was – this was a big team win. The defense came up with a lot of great stops. Um, it ju- it just boggles my mind how a one, one week uh, one week can really change, um, but the out uh, the the overall outlook of the uh, football season. You know, you, you know, like the two lane game last week, K State fall K State falls, and um, there, there's a little bit of a meltdown on K State Twitter, and then. Next thing you know, you see Adrian Martinez uh, cut things loose in Norman, really, really throwing the ball down the field. 
like we've been like we've been pointing out, we've got to move football further down the field if we want to con- compete in this game. And the first receptions when it came to his connections to Ben Sennett, who led the team in receiving yards. <laughs> I mean that. I mean it. I mean Chris Klein and well Colin Klein. There's just a combination of those three. They were playing 40 chest all night against Oklahoma. I mean, it was just absolutely insane. And it was a it was a really big win. Really, really big win. Yeah, going back to kind of how K-State Twitter was at the Tulane loss, what makes college football like media so weird is how much time there is between games. Like if you're covering basketball or baseball, it's just like, you know, you talk about the game for a couple of days and then you're playing again, or if baseball, it's the very next day. So you can't really overreact, but mm-hmm. college football just breeds overreaction in, in bad ways, like against Tulane and good ways, which is probably going to happen this week against Oklahoma. You know, John, <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to Arlington, we're winning and, the Eddie, but I mean. And then, and then gosh, and then a little more cautionary now that, we got another ESPN Plus game coming up with Texas Tech, so yeah. I mean, I mean that that that's how that's how we be sometimes, but you know, <laughs> the 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 media the media took all eyes on K State last night, whether it was Fox with RJ Young. I mean, you had Skip Bayless tweeting tweeting about yeah. this game, crying crying as an Oklahoma fan, um, just just. It, this was this was not only a program to well not only a big win for Adrian Martinez but this is a program defining win to really to really prove to yourself that we that we own Oklahoma the three last three out of four years like when you look at when you look at any type of graphic where it says K State's won the last three out of four years it looks like a it looks like your typical grocery store cart where there's one wheel that's not working and that that's the Oklahoma win this past season. Um, but, but looking at this team, I mean, you're, you, you don't, you don't have Skylar Thompson anymore. I'm just, you, you don't have any Skylar Thompson on your sideline anymore. You're bringing in this Nebraska quarterback who was turnover prone. So far, we haven't had to see him too much against South Dakota, Missouri. Then we got a, we got a rough look at him against Tulane, which he was really held back. Um, we didn't we we don't know whether of it whether or not he was just broken at Nebraska. He just being way too cautionary because he didn't want to risk all the turnovers. Like and then flash forward to this weekend, like what what it just <laughs> I, I, dude, I'm just I'm just still it, surprised just to is. see his numbers. Um it it, it was it was incredible. It was yeah. incredible. It, John, college football is insane. We lose to Tulane and then beat a sixth-ranked Oklahoma team on the road. Tulane and then, be, and then yeah, yeah, Tulane beats us, and they go out and lose to Southern, Southern Miss, Miss, who had yeah. a losing record before. Ah, just college football makes no sense. I mean, let's go ahead and get into the numbers a little bit here. Um, you mentioned Adrian Martinez, you know, getting over 200 passing yards, having a few over 20, some big plays. Could have been some bigger plays, you know, a couple of those um, – little over-the-top throws, floaters to Cade Warner. If he could have managed yeah. to caught those, that would have been huge. But, I um, mean, and then 275 rush, and we put 500 yards up against a Brand Venables defense. That is nothing short of incredible. Um, the big storyline last week, John, three of 20 on third and fourth down. 
We're 10 of 19 this week, hitting over 50%. You're going to win a lot of games um, going over 50% on third and fourth down. Uh, we, we actually, we went in the shotgun. Uh, well, I think it was fourth down, right? And it worked so. miraculously. Oh, we, need, we needed a miracle for that. To, gosh, they did not need to scare us like that. And I mean, you know, we win the penalty battle. Oklahoma just could not stop shooting themselves in the foot. They'll be the first people to tell you that they definitely um, lost this game with some of their really bad penalties, especially, you know, when, when they're looking to go for it on fourth down and they get, you know, procedural penalties to just absolutely killed them. Um, and another big thing, obviously no turnovers for either team either, um, but time of possession and the number of plays ran. I mean, K-State, had 35 minutes of uh, time of possession to um, OU's 25. And then K-State ran 83 plays. 83. Which, which, to put it in perspective, we averaged 58 plays last year, which I think is dead last. And I believe, I, only, I believe only like 65 against Tulane. Yeah, I mean. For the most part. So, I mean, we were trying to get, you know, to run more plays this year. We're probably not going to run 83 plays a game. But, um, I mean, to see an improvement like that is absolutely insane. Good to see Deuce Vaughn get over um, 100 rushing yards again. Let's try and start that streak back up to see if we can catch Darren Sproles. But, I mean, we were in control this entire game, John. We never trailed. Got out to a really good start, 14 nothing. You know, hitting Benson it a couple times. You know, um, I was really impressed with Malik Knowles. I mean, I think his – like route running and his ability as a true like wide receiver one were kind of in question. They've been in question for a while. We've all kind of been waiting for the Malik Knowles game, but even on that quick slant for the touchdown, I mean, that's a tough catch in press coverage. The guy's right on you, you know, and manages to come down with the catch, not only come down with the catch, make the push for a touchdown. I mean, just, I can think of so many tough plays from this team. Um, there's that Martinez scramble on third down where he's a few yards short and he gets the push. I mean, yeah. it kept happening over, even with Deuce Vaughn against some of these huge, you know, five-star OU defensive backs, getting the push and getting, you know, pushing for yards. This team came out to play. They were, they were ready to play in Norman, Oklahoma on Saturday night. Well, going back to Malik Knowles, you got to also include that huge kickoff return that he that he ran uh, that he got into Sooner territory. Um, it was it was a it it was I think eventually it led to K State converting on a big third down, later a fourth down, before plunging three yards to regain the lead. I think it was like twenty one fourteen, like just just right after Oklahoma. Uh, just let up our secondaries with, um, I believe who who scored the touchdowns for for Oklahoma. Uh, uh, I think Mims was one of them, and then Theo Weiss. Theo Weiss, yeah. So, I mean, they they it. A lot of people were were wondering. Okay, Oklahoma they typically start slow on offense. I mean, we've seen it with Kent State. We've seen it with Nebraska. Uh, they'll they'll take a while for them to settle in, but they'll find their footing. And it looked like it was a, it was kind of it was kind of nearing that way as well around the second quarter. But K State was able to capitalize off of so many big plays since then. And you know, going back to the penalties, that is going to be what really what really is the difference maker. A lot of a lot of people on Twitter, Wolf for Oklahoma sakes, are go, or going after Dylan Gabriel and all that. 
But Oklahoma really uh, ripped up two uh, chunk play after chunk play. But as soon as they crossed midfield, I mean, the, the penalties would just derail Oklahoma. I mean, they would force the Sooners to, to punt or just settle three points. I mean, they committed 11 penalties for 87 yards compared to K-State, who had six penalties, which is not perfect by, by all means, but for 37 yards. I mean, Oklahoma would commit – I mean, Oklahoma would just com commit a lot of penalties. And, you know, Brent Venables, who was taking prompts every time, needless to say, it's going to be a tough week for Oklahoma when it comes to – when it comes to uh, getting oh. back onto the field. Um I mean, especially for well, for Brent Venable's sakes, he was under Bill Snyder. He's probably gonna he's probably gonna take some orders into his own hands, kind of like kind of like Bill Snyder did. Um, I I had something else on my mind, but I'll, I'll I'll get to that when I when I when I figure that out. But you know, <laughs> it's it's eight fifty in the eight, morning. So. It's eight fifty in the morning. That's right. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean. John, we were together at Tanner's last night watching this game uh, with oh, a bunch oh. of other people. Go ahead. Wait, just to let y'all know, we are three and zero sitting on our in our table yeah. at. Are Tanner's. we three and zero? I mean, I mean, we, we were, might sit like on uh, on a table on another on another table one night or something like that. But we are we are three and zero. I think the first time we went to Tanner's, we beat Texas Tech last year. Got our first Big Twelve win in football. Then we beat. Then our basketball team beats Iowa State and Ames in uh, overtime. That, in overtime, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and then, the, and then this game right here. So, when whenever, like whenever you and I are uh, are at the table, I'm not calling things out too early, but I but I like our chances. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if we can abuse the magic. You know, I don't want to. Who knows? Maybe we are magic, and we just win the national championship if we just go to Tanner's every road game. But I will see. Anyways, watching this game, I mean, I see this perfect start, right? And I, I, I'm being kind of cynical. I just immediately think, like, this cannot last. Like, Oklahoma is going to make adjustments. They're going to come back. It's how I felt against KU, um, you know, when we were up a bunch. Like, you know, teams that are this good are going to put up a fight. They're going to make adjustments. And they're going to make you earn this victory. And they absolutely did. And we totally responded. I mean, you know, we we struggled a little bit after those first two touchdowns, uh, but we our defense still came up clutch. Um, I think a really big drive was the start of the second the start of the second half. Oklahoma gets the ball. We managed to hold them to three, which was huge because they were I mean, they were just running the ball all over the place. I mean, I think they saw that we were kind of loading the box and committing to the run. And I mean, they just, you know, spread, they spread us out and just ran all over us in a really open box it was absolutely eric gray is just so shifty he mm -hmm. made all he made our linebackers look silly sometimes he had himself a great game 114 yards rushing but ben but don't break i mean that's the key with oklahoma if we don't give up those 60 yard touchdowns to the theo Weisses and the marvin mims over the top you know i think oklahoma's bound to make mistakes we've we saw dylan gabriel make some bad throws especially on fourth, that fourth down throw to Drake Stoops, that was very, very costly for them. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, not the best game from Dylan Gabriel, even though his numbers look really good, 330 yards passing and four touchdowns. I mean, their offense in general obviously did really well, 550 total yards, more than K-State. But I think it's a little misleading. I think they were kind of, you know, 
again, bend but don't break. They were getting a ton of yards, couldn't convert on fourth downs, were forced to kick field goals a few times. Our defense, I mean, you can't do much of a better job against one of the best offenses in the entire country. And, you know, you'll miss a few tackles here and there, and uh, especially against uh, an electric offense under Jeff Levy that we were uh, that we were used to seeing at Ole Miss. Um, this was, I mean, any any win over Oklahoma, like limiting 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 the Sooners to let to Mike. Uh, all right, let me kind of let me kind of take a deep breath. You do here it, take two. About it. Yeah, take two real quickly. All right. Okay. Especially for Oklahoma, um, w- when you're considering that that they're under heck there, um, Jeff Levy, who used to be from Ole Miss, he was under a Lane Kiffin offense in which they were just going to completely run it up, pound you, uh, pound you right out of a get go. Um, I mean, Dylan Gabriel, he had, he had, a, he had himself a serviceable game, but you know, there, there are a few opportunities um, where he just really couldn't connect with his receivers. Um, Marvin Mims, four receptions, 87 yards. That was definitely one of the players I we need to keep an eye on. Got got him going early on in the first quarter, or was it the sec, second quarter? Uh, anyways, um, but limiting limiting the receiving the receiving game for Oklahoma, um, I mean that was that was nothing short of a miracle, um, especially with the way the likes of Colby Savage, Josh Hayes. Julius Brantz, Echo Boydell, they're just finding ways to prevent Oklahoma from moving the, down, moving the ball further down the field, especially in the second half when they just can't find their targets, uh, resulting in these third third and short situations, fourth and short situations, and they're, they're not able to convert in some of them. Yeah, and let's keep this in mind, too. Coming into this game, um, from a K-State offensive standpoint, I mean, the Oklahoma defense led the nation in tackles for loss. They had, I think they had 36 or something. I think 32. 32. So, I mean, they're yeah. double-digit tackles for loss a game. And they only had four this game, which, you know, isn't the best. But, I mean, to hold a, you know, to keep them from getting double digits, we've been screwed, you know, because we're just set behind the chains the entire time. Another thing that I kind of noticed was just the the clutch factor that Adrian Martinez has had this entire game. Obviously, that third and sixteen run was just oh uh, that's that's that definitely was, that that gave me Colin Klein vibes. Just well, I mean, but well, the first time you and I saw, it, I mean, we were just we were just hugging like <laughs> crazy, like we were we were just letting things loose at Tanner. But well, when I went back to the house and just watched it. Uh, like just watched so many highlights of it. He really gave me some Colin Klein vibes. I mean, just avoiding the pocket real easily. You find the open gap and you go for 55 yards. <laughs> I mean, no, nobody was really anticipating for that to happen, but you know, I mean, Adrian Martinez, he, he is a scrambler. He'll find any way to run with that ball rather than, I mean, rather than throwing the ball. I mean, we've seen it with, with so many games in which he was hesitant when it came to throwing the ball, and he he did a lot more with with his run game. I mean, that 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 was definitely that was definitely one of the games in which he was able to create big plays, especially with a run game when when K State needed the most. 
You know, I think something that a lot of people kind of brought up over the week, they thought that Adrian Martinez, like he was a little timid to go through his progressions. Like he was just looking at the offensive line. But in this game, I think you could really see that in like change in his uh, thought. Yeah, maturity and, and, you know, his thought process changed as well. I mean, zero sacks. We think, yeah, that's a huge credit to the offensive line as well. He did a really good job. Oh, you does some weird stuff with the different stunts and they were bringing us different blitzes, but we picked it up really well. And, and let's, and let's not forget a, a few of those, a few of those plays on uh, in the second half, K-State was, uh, didn't have Cooper B beyond the field. Um, he, he exited off the field for a few plays and even then, I mean, K-State kind of, uh, K-State suffered a three and out there, but um even even without him, K State was still able to manage um, uh, avoiding the, the pocket collapses, and um, they were they were just leaving Martinez plenty of room to not only get himself set, but really scramble around trying to find any ways to get to Malik Knowles or Cade Warner or or get to anybody uh, in the passing game as well. And then you also and then you also got to mention. Um, the way they were setting up uh, for Deuce Vaughn to just completely go out like like Darren Sproles and torch Oklahoma's defense like that with his run game. I mean, it, it was in this was this was this was a big game for them as well. I mean, we talked about Tulane, a Tulane game last week where the offensive line they did not really do their full, their part. The fullbacks and the tight ends they needed a rise up as well. But this, but this game really, I mean, this was, I, I, I just don't know how to think about it. It's just like we saw the exact polar opposite of, of really what, ha- what has happened this past week. I mean, it's just, it's just, it, it just boggles my mind. It, it just completely boggles my mind, man. Yeah, it is, it is really confusing. Um, it makes you think like what happened against Tulane? Because, I mean, it's obvious that this, was kind of in us the whole time. I think, I don't know. I doubt we, I don't think we learned so much in a week that we just turned into this magnificent football team. But I mean, I, I mean, I think, you know, you definitely take the, you trade an Oklahoma win on the road for a Tulane loss. I think any day of the week for how much it means for big 12 play to get a win against OU like that. Um, Back to Adrian Martinez. I think uh, one improvement we saw the most was like, he didn't want to scramble immediately. I think, I don't know if they'd practice like scramble drills more with their wide receivers, but it looked like the chemistry was there a lot more. I mean, it just seemed like he could scramble, you know, he was really, his pocket awareness was absolutely incredible, which I'm, I'm sure you get up, you get pretty good at if you play at Nebraska with their awful offensive line, but I mean, being able to find a Malik Knowles and a Cade Warner and a Phillip Brooks down the sideline, it seems like they were clicking on all cylinders and, on those and, types of things. And Ben Sennett down the field ben as Sennett, well. Ben Sennett, man. But let's, not, let, let, let's, not, let's not just forget about him as well. Let, yeah. Led the team, four receptions, 80 yards. The, long, the longest play was 27 yards. Um, I mean, you, you, were you really anticipating Ben Sennett to – Really, really moved, <laughs> no. moved the ball downfield that, that impressively, and then uh, we also we also got a little bit of a hand of R.J. Garcia during uh, in the game as well. So great to see him. Great to see him finally make a big play. Um, make a pretty big play. I mean, seven yards. All yeah. right, but yeah. you know, it's, it's great to see him get into playing time as well. 
Yeah, and DJ Gooden's got a couple carries. I mean, he had yeah. one really big run. I'm surprised we don't play him more. I mean, Deuce Vaughn's we, such a freaking workhorse. That is we have we have got to be playing him more. And I, I, I think moving forward, it there's like I mean, there's gonna be a lot of teams in Oklahoma for the most part, like in, in the first quarter, like they they really limited Deuce Vaughn's running game. Um you, uh, I'm just kind of, a, I'm starting to embrace DJ Giddens as kind of a fitting in into a Joe Irving role from last year. Just find, just find ways to um, make them expect the unexpected, you know, um, especially for, especially for, um, for how big he isn't, well, in terms of a height as well, because he, because he isn't like the one in which you can like completely wall him and tackle him. Um he he's he he's a tall guy and he's he's not going to be easy to be taken to, to be taken down yeah well especially compared to deuce vaughn <laughs> but um i mean yeah dj Ginn should definitely play more because one he deserves it he's played really well whenever we put him out on the field and two i think we could take and deuce vaughn out for a few reps i think or you know a rep or two on first or second down is completely fine if we're going to be able to save him for later I mean, I know that dude works his butt off. He's an absolute workhorse. And getting 25 touches in this game um, and then catching two passes as well. Um, and we were lining up out in five wide stuff, running routes too. He was all over the place, um, making a huge impact for this game. But I have no, I totally forgot where I was going to go with this. Uh, it's all, it's all good, dude. We're, we're just, oh man. I mean, when, 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 when you're beating a big team like Oklahoma, I mean, you, you just got to, I mean, the first things first, like you got to start with the instant reactions. And I mean, what, what we saw from the media last night, I mean, well, especially from a three mile podcast, it, it looked as if John Kurtz and Cole Manback were having a lot of fun. Uh, but, um, Kate, I mean, you just got to really point, like point out the way it is. K-State, they looked a lot more prepared for this game. They were more determined, more disciplined. Um, more more focused. They played clean football. They played it with a tough mentality. I mean, those are the type of those are the type of games that you have got to win. Especially having that mentality that Bill Snyder uh, really, really um, ingrained into Manhattan, and you know it, it's it's paid it's it's paid its dividends at all the every time when Chris Kleiman just finds ways to really be the kryptonite against Oklahoma. I mean, KC just, just simply owns Oklahoma under Chris Kleiman now. I mean, there, there's no other way to go around it. Yeah, I mean, three out of the four years, he's whooped them, and the other one was a one-possession game. I mean, and, he's and, got and, the and, secret sauce. And, you know, if I, I, I'm just kind of thinking back, thinking back to that game, but, you know, if Skylar Thompson – I don't, I don't want to talk about last year's game too much, but think it, it's one of those what ifs now. It's like, all right, what if we had a fully healthy Skylar Thompson? Uh, we could have possibly been staring at possibly four straight. I mean, that maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, know. I, I know Skylar couldn't like run that well, but I don't know how much better he could have played. I mean, he, he probably would have just been more. Yeah. I think he played about the best game that he could in that game. But anyway, uh, I mean, back to this year, I think you have to give coach climate a lot of credit too for out coaching i think he out coached brent venables i mean yep. there's that there's that one play where oklahoma's making subs with like you know 20 seconds left on the play clock i think they make another sub 
that, and Nate Matlack a, comes on the field and they're really that, milking it. And that, you know, they they have three seconds to run a play. They don't call timeout, they get a delay a game and they're forced to punt. I mean, that changes mm-hmm. things by a ton. You know, I mean, it's not very hard for Oklahoma to get five yards. And if you can force them to punt in a situation like that, that's a huge momentum swing. And then mm-hmm. I think Oh, go ahead. I was just oh, no, saying no. that and then going for it on fourth down, like you know, when you're at our at their five yard line. I mean, that takes some huge balls, you know, but we got behind center quarterback sneak. I'll trust that every time for a yard and Adrian goes over the top to get it, um, score the touchdown there. Um, really well coached game by, you know, coach Kleiman and Colin Klein obviously called himself a great game, huge bounce back game for him. Um, this is kind of the LSU type stuff we were expecting. Oh, uh, well, we got Colin Klein as our offensive coordinator. Um, I mean, you know, some people were being really stupid and, you know, not having faith in Colin Klein after his fourth game calling plays. So I was interested to see how he'd call plays, you know, on the road in a really tough environment because that definitely changes things. But, I mean, he, he he met the challenge and then some. I mean, he he's now he's now really the offensive co- uh, coordinator that, that has scored the most amount of points for, for a single K-State team. Uh, and Norman with 41 points, but in, you know, Chris Kleiman, I mean, especially, especially with, with the, with the substitutions on all that, he really played 4D chess against the first year head coach uh, in Brent Venables, where you bring, where he brings in one sub. Um, that's, that's never a good move because, you know, Chris Kleiman, he's, he's going to want to waste that clock as well. Um, he's going to make you pay for it, but, you know, um, Colin Klein, he, he had himself, a terrific he had he had himself a terrific call at uh this this past night and climbing and climbing and climb mentioned it um themselves so they need a cup they need cut loose on adrian martinez um stop being a lot more cautionary with a ball finding ways to just move and move a ball down the field like many k-state fans are wanting all along and not making too many dumb decisions um especially when it comes to the shotgun snap for the most part. <laughs> and because, speed I mean, options. We, I mean, and we weren't the only one that fell victim to it <laughs> as well, but. Um, it's a plague. You, 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 you had smart play calls uh, all around. It, it, it set up K-State for success for the most part. Yeah, I think we put ourselves in a winning position. I mean, I think in the second half, we really had to <clears throat> win through the air at least, or not with Deuce Vaughn. Because, I mean, they were really committing to him in the second half. That was the second half adjustment they made. He was getting absolutely stuffed when we were running inside zone stuff on first and 10. Set us behind the chains, but we still managed to, you know, consistently get guys open, which I'm not used to as a K-State fan. So it was really great to see that. Um, I mean, where do we go from here, John? You know, after a big win against OU, having Texas Tech at home, I mean – we still have some tough games. I mean, Oklahoma State and Baylor, every game in the Big 12 is tough, but we still got Oklahoma State and Baylor ahead of us. Um, it's it's tough to foresee the future when you have back-to-back games like this that are just the complete opposite. But I think you still – I think those hopes that we had at the beginning of the season are definitely, you know, felt a lot stronger now after starting off with such a bang in a conference play. Well, you know, a lot of people always say the Big 12 runs through Norman, Oklahoma, in which Oklahoma threw up, up like the past five out of six years before Baylor won it last year. Um, they, they, I mean, they, it's been, it's been in a, 
it's been just a red brick to try and get through in order to really um, push yourself for an opportunity to get to get into the mixed conversation in Arlington. But you know, that beating Oklahoma is definitely one of the first steps. Um, but now it now it's back to the drawing board. You got a Texas Tech team that's reeling off of a big win over Texas. Uh, it's going to be the SEC Daddy Bowl uh, this upcoming Saturday. But um, you know Texas Tech, they're going to be coming off real high off of a win. Um, Donovan Smith also looked really impressive for them as well. I mean, you just kind of look forward to the to the rest of the schedule as well. Iowa State not looking all that well. Iowa State, for the most part, they kind of looked, they kind of looked mid at best. I mean, they didn't. It, it wasn't really too jaw dropping or really too significant against Baylor this uh, yesterday. Um, which part of that you can blame on the refs as well? They they did not call a good game. Um, we we really might have to start considering as uh, asking this though is is it going to be a sunflower showdown or something for a Big Twelve championship? Because I mean a lot of people were just putting the, putting that out, and I mean you got you got to get credit to where credits do. And Jalen Daniels and KU they just they just torched the powerhouse that is Duke football, uh, and and improved and improves to four zero and. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a big, it's a big win for them. I and mean, of course, you got to go through the, the big, the big time programs, especially the ones in which K State has not been, has not been able to beat under Chris Kleiman and the likes of Oklahoma State, Baylor, and Texas. Um, it, it's, it's still, still a lot of games to be played. But I mean, this is, this is step one, really, to, uh, really, to really. Put yourself into the conversation for uh, for Arlington in December. Yeah, if you're going to make the case for it, this is how you do it. You know, never trail 60 minutes of really, really good football. You put up 41 points on a Brent Venables defense. And, I mean, even though the numbers don't look great for our defense, our defense still played really well. Then, but don't break. I mean, they put up a ton of yards on that last touchdown drive. But, you know, we were giving it to them, obviously, because we just wanted to – you know, not like stuff get over the middle. Um, you cannot, I mean, you could nitpick a little bit, but you could not ask for a better performance for this K-State team. <clears throat> My voice is starting to go in Norman, Oklahoma on the road. I, I just, I cannot be more excited, you know, but obviously, John, we have to send our condolences to OU fans, you know, and just want to apologize for absolutely freaking nothing. We own you. Have we one of the SEC fun. losers. <sighs> Smell you later. Man, well, y'all, y'all, y'all thought you could really get a, uh, y'all really thought you could dodge a bullet with Flink and Riley hitting out west, or, or as you call Tebow, uh, yeah. that you know what out west. Um, same, it's a new coach, new roster. It's the same old K State butt whipping we're used to <laughs> bums every single year. Uh, it is, it, especially in Norman. I mean the, the the Crimson Cathedral, known as Gaylord Family Stadium. Uh, that's 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 the Purple Palace of the South. Yeah, uh, it's Bill I mean, Snyder. Yeah, as John Kurtz put it, Bill Snyder that, Family that, Stadium South. It's the house. Yeah, you know what? I mean, you got Bob Stoops and Brent Venables coaching there at Oklahoma now. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the house with Bill Snyder built, and and what makes it even and I, and I was also thinking about this yesterday as well. That 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 letter Bill Snyder sent out to Brent Venables. Congrats, yeah. number four. 
not against K-State. He must have, I mean, Venables must have real, had this, had it jotted down on his notes um, and found, finds a way to lose. Uh, and, and then, then I'll just kind of just hit, hit on this for a grand slam. Uh, as well, you know, you know, Grant as some a similarity between Lon Kruger and Brent Venables. Uh, they, they find ways to choke against their alma mater. Uh, so I, I don't know, man. This this is just this is a great win, R- really one that nobody was anticipating, but we were hoping to keep competitive for the most part. Finding just kind of find some new stuff. Uh, I mean, just finding ways to expand on our offensive presence. Uh, but nobody really expected to see what what was going to take place with the offense after the two-lane game last week. And, you know, but this was only the start. Like, like conference play, it's it's 0-0. And when you come – when you march into Norman, um, what was it, like the 22nd year out of like 20, 20 – 22nd time in 27 years, you're starting the Big 12 slate on the road. I mean, you, you're, you're going into – a a primetime game in Norman, 80,000 to 90,000 in the stadium, lights, light show, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, they're crazy you, light show. And you and you sent and you sent their asses home. Uh just uh, just completely silent. I mean, that that is possibly the best way to do it. Uh, it's a big win for K-State. I'm looking forward to seeing how they how they continue their forward momentum uh heading into the Texas Tech game. I mean, keep this in mind, John. This may be the last time we play OU and Norman. Yeah, Norman. Uh, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of similar. Like, we're, it may be the last time we're playing Texas uh, this this year in Manhattan. Yeah. Um, and I think at times you got to be a little bit appreciative. Well, definitely not for the <laughs> for the pre Snyder past. I mean, because uh, Oklahoma, they just they were just owning us. Yeah, uh, everybody was. To be fair, like but, yeah. <laughs> Like historically speaking, like they have 70 wins, we have like 20, 24 something wins, somewhere around there. Um, but K State, um, they have just found every way to take the advantage over Oklahoma over the past few years. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. Look, looking at this, um, uh, I mean, K State's the only team to win in Norman consecutively in consecutive trips since 2000. And they've done it twice, like 2012, 2014. I mean, you got 2020 and 2022. I mean, you also got – they also have a 6-5 and five record over Oklahoma over over the last 30 seasons. It's the best record of any team during that span. I mean, really, to put to put the cherry on top, um, uh, the amount of success K-State has had over Oklahoma compared to the rest of the Big 12 was – is great, and especially when when you got Oklahoma, one of the top powerhouses, leaving for the SEC, you kind of want to leave them with that with that burden that you're owned by by one of by a Big Twelve team, uh, and not just a, not just like a a big pig like a big Big Twelve team, but you know one that's kind of been that's still looking to take that next step to be the ultimate powerhouse in the new Big Twelve. So just kind of putting this all into reference when it comes to like a future outlook on the league or like when Oklahoma departs for the SEC. Besides the money, was it really a good move? Because because if you're not able to be K State, what makes you <laughs> hang hang in with with everybody else? 
in the SEC. So uh, that's all. That's all I gotta say for, for for the most part. I think if you're the AD for Oklahoma, I think going to the SEC is always the right move because because of the money, uh, mm. even if without all the competition. But you know, that's just no, a well, whole take the money. <laughs> there you go. That's just a whole nother thing. So kind of in conclusion, I'm sure we didn't cover everything. We didn't really have anything planned out. We were just riffing on our pure adrenaline it's, stuff from last it's, night. It's the instant reactions, you know, it, it's the instant reactions. Yeah. But you could not ask for much of a better performance from the K-State offense or the K-State defense. Give special teams credit too. obviously special teams. You, you mentioned the Malik Knowles return. Ty Zentner had some pretty good punts. We were Chris Tennant, yeah, two for two on field goals, made all his extra points, did what he was asked. That's all you can really ask out of a kicker. Yeah. Um, we were, you know, inches away from downing OU at like the half yard line with one of those punts. But, you know, I think yeah, RJ Garcia was really close to getting on that one. It but, was, you know, like, it was like right up, right up the line, like just, yeah. just an inch, like, like, like a, just a centimeter. So like, it was just really, it was really close that that would have been that would have really changed the narrative of where Oklahoma's offense right there. But um, almost all the possessions came out clutched against Oklahoma, and maybe maybe this kind of confirms that the two lane game was a, was more of a trap game. Uh, the, the more we're the more we're looking at it, but um, I don't know, man. I'm just I'm just. I'm just here, just really happy. I mean, I mean, this is where where was this against Tulane? Like, we have just got to keep on asking, like, where was this against Tulane? But you know, um, you, you got to live and learn, and 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 at, and um, especially for climate sakes, when you need to cut cut it loose on Martinez, take further risks down the field. Like I always said, with high with higher risk comes higher reward, and you know, um, the amount of the amount of shots Martinez took down the field that last night was, I mean, he that was his best game in his college career, and really, that that really makes me happy for him, makes me happy for the team that they're able to really get things going offensively speaking as well. Just ha- just happy overall for K State. Yeah, I mean, he absolutely put up the performance of his life. You could not ask for anything more from Adrian Martinez. In terms of, like, you know, where was this against Tulane? Nobody knows, honestly. I'm sure the guys in the locker room probably don't even know. They just didn't execute. It was just as simple as that. I mean, who knows? If we just go and whoop Tulane, do we play like this against OU? You know, who knows? It's an interesting what if. But um, kind of in conclusion, um, this is probably the best game we've seen from K-State. I mean, maybe in years, honestly, in terms of playing against OU this well, this team is obviously super talented. I think a lot of the questions that we had, you know, coming into this season and coming to this week were answered profoundly, especially in the passing game. I mean, Oklahoma's seen Ben Sinnott line up in the slot and like, what are these guys doing? Like, why is their fullback out in the slot? And then he's, and then before they know it, he's, he's hitting a seam route over the middle and they're like, what, are, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> so. Brett Venables has got some work to do, you know, uh, you know, it's tough for a rookie out there. So, um, you know, good luck to OU the rest of the season. Who knows? Maybe we'll see him in Arlington. Yeah. Maybe we can set ourselves up for our second interview with Hayden in which 
he gave us a lot of good insight prior to the game. Hopefully he's hopefully he's recovering well after the loss as well. Yeah, I hope he's doing well. I'm sure he's <laughs> hopefully he's not in a voluntary coma or anything after that one. That's it's a tough it's a tough look for OU fans, you know, and I know they're very prideful. So um, you know, uh so I'm sure we didn't cover everything. If we have more thoughts on this game, maybe we'll make another quick pod. But I think we uh I think we about did all of it. Um, but the point is we're freaking amazing. I can't believe this team. Oh my, my heart was just going crazy last night. It was so much fun. Um, so yeah, to until Texas tech. Um, but yeah, let's take a quick break and then we can go around the big 12 and talk about some of the less important games like KU beating a bad power five team by one score at home. And we're back talking about games that don't matter as much as the K-State one because that game was electric. So um, let's start off. Where do we want to start here? I mean, Baylor, Iowa State. Um, I don't know if you have much to say on this, John. I was watching a lot of Duke KU, so I didn't get to see a ton of this game. Obviously, there's just the bad targeting call and Matt Campbell just laying into the refs. But uh, I mean, Baylor kind of bounced back after, you know, some – not their best performances in the non-con. Um, so start off Big 12 play strong, even though Iowa State was favored in this game, which was really weird. But, you know, Baylor comes out on top 31-24. I, I, I'll kind of back up to, to, to Matt Campbell. Well, crybaby Campbell is one of the call now. But, uh, I mean, Baylor would have still won the game today. I mean, they were still the better team than Iowa State was. But Iowa State, um, Iowa State did get hosed by the refs. Their safety was ejected for targeting uh, on a hit that that shouldn't have been called targeting necessarily. It was just, it was just, it was just a bad. It was just overall a bad day for Iowa State when it came to uh, getting breaks from refs. You had an unnecessary roughness call when, as well, um, on I believe uh, it was the. Um, one of the linebackers for Iowa State as well. I mean, a lot of people were calling it out on Twitter. It just just further proves that the Big 12 reps are kind of an abundant joke for the most part. And I mean, there's, there's nothing really do. There's really nothing much to do. But you, at this point, but you know, Baylor, um, they came in with a statement win against a tough Iowa State team especially in a, in a stadium like Jack Tri Stadium, where, where it's, it's not going to be easy racking up any, any wins there. And, you, you know, we'll see what happens there when K-State goes there in, in two weeks. But um, I think eventually the officiating did get better in the second half. But uh, for Iowa State fans, like, I would have left that stadium red hot pissed um, after, after that, after that. I mean – Baylor, Baylor was still going to win the game regardless, but uh, I mean, like always, Iowa State's going to get its 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 money's worth with the refs. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, Duke, Kansas, game uh, of the century. Um, lots of basketball jokes being made, and they never they never got old, John. They were just so uh, funny many, every single time. How many NBA scouts were there? <laughs> I think uh, Jay Billis was there. I think he was doing color commentary for this game. Bill, um, Bill Raftery had a segment 
uh, on the Fox College football show where he's like, oh my gosh, look at all these unbeaten basketball teams. It is major <laughs> onions. Um, oh. do, do you... Do you really do you think Jalen Daniels at this point should be in the conversation for me for something as big as the Heisman Trophy? I mean, he's putting up some incredible yards. I mean, we were not anticipating for him to go like 19 for 23 for 324 yards. I mean, he 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 has just been on par for up the first four games of a year. Um, KU's making a little more of us. A lot, a little more of some more stops on four, on four downs. Their defense is starting to progress a little bit. Um, as much as I hate to admit it, it, it's one of the best. It's one of the best stories in college football so far. Like they, they're finding ways, um, just to ultimately continue to just to build up that pro, uh, just build up uh, Leopold's resume. Um, as a KU coach, I mean, he's already done it in the Division Two ranks with Wisconsin Whitewater. He got Buffalo turned around for a year or two, and the next thing you know, right after you beat Texas, uh, I mean, you 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 lose two other games like to end the year, but uh, you come out, you just come out here, heading into heading into October, four and zero for the first time since two thousand nine. I mean. Yeah, putting all the jokes aside, I mean, this is this is a this is a good Kansas team, and definitely one that is no longer that nobody should really consider as a as a laughing stock anymore. Yeah, this is a really good Kansas football team that you should definitely take very seriously. And I know it's tempting just to you know instantly try and make fun of KU, um, like I did teasing it in the break, but I mean, knowing the history of K State football and everything that's happened to us. I think it's entirely hypocritical to not be, you know, at least somewhat supportive of KU, you know, making a comeback in football and being good, um, especially so they can get some money and get a better freaking stadium. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, that stadium. My my friends sent me a picture from the, from the inside of a stadium. It was so bad. It, it was, it was, well, it is without a doubt the worst power five stadium um, just from from an outside and, and an in, inside perspective, I, I've seen. And you know, it it probably it probably doesn't help them too much that um, that they don't necessarily have the the donors who would really help out KU with with their stadium plans. I mean, they they went through a lot of AD changes as well, which is why they haven't gotten a facility up and going but you know what we'll see what happens maybe be able to take everything down okay you may have to play a game or two uh at what what is it like sporting kc stadium or something like that or maybe arrowhead to a lesser extent um so not not nonetheless i i got off track there you you gotta let me know when i'm getting off track (laughs) no Uh, i'm not gonna stop you but um big it's it's a big it's another big win for ku I mean, who would have thought they'd be two wins until they're, they're bowl eligible? Yeah. You know, John, how about this? You just hit up Paul Rudd and Rob Riggle and have, have Paul Rudd and Rob Riggle Family Stadium. Well, Rob – wait, Paul – I was just – they have some sort of Kansas. Rob, Rob Riggle – well, Rob Riggle went to KU. Yeah. I, Does I, Paul I Rudd have something? Am I crazy? Am I, am I making myself look real stupid right now? 
No, it's okay. It's it's. I mean, it's not, the, it's not the first time it's happened. We're, so we're we're still recovering after last night. Get, yeah, what, but, he's from New Jersey. What am I thinking? I I swear I've seen him at like Royals games because yeah, he went to he studied theater at the University of Kansas. All oh, right, okay. I'm not I'm a genius. You are a genius. One for the good guys. All right. Anyway, right. let's talk. Let's talk some football here. KU's offense looks legit, even though Duke. They cannot tackle, and their pass defense looks questionable. They were – Kansas, like, the first few drives were looking like, oh, you. Now, obviously, if you don't convert on fourth and goal and then you fumble in the red zone, like, that's not a recipe for success. They definitely want to cut down on that. But when they're firing, they are firing on all cylinders. Um, but, I mean, Duke still had a chance to come back in this game. I mean, they were driving. They're on KU's, like, 30-yard line with a minute left and convert on a fourth and six but i mean you know we had questions about ku's defense um i think they you know were at least able to somewhat step up um and do what they needed to do to get the job done yeah i mean for, for the most part ku did what they had to do to win their game i mean a high explosive offense um make the big play make the big plays on defense as well you know the west virginia game where ku solidified the game with a pick six uh, to cap it off, and then um, I think I think we we didn't really need to see too much from the Houston game last week, uh, mainly because Houston was just so incredibly bad. Um, but you know, you get you, you get Duke this week, a Duke team that scored an, an average of thirty plus per game so far against the likes of Temple and Northwestern. Ku really, I mean, I mean, Ku just kind of did what what they kept on doing explosive offenses and making the big state making the big plays on defense to win win the game and you know that that's pretty much the most I can I can expect out of a KU team especially <laughs> since they made it this far yeah like you said two wins away from a ball I mean they got Iowa State and then Texas TCU. Tech TCU and those are both at home yeah so I mean you never know mm-hmm. speaking, speaking of TCU TCU beat SMU 42 to 34. I did not watch any of this game because I was watching Baylor, Iowa State, and Duke, Kansas. Yeah. Nice. Um, also, TCU was up 28 7, like before halftime. And I was like, oh, okay, well, this game's over. But SMU made a bit of a comeback. Tanner Mordecai, 372 passing yards. And I think only like 27 attempts. He was just absolutely airing it out, seven and a half yards per pass. Max Duggan had himself a game, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Good. 278 yards, three touchdowns without a turnover as well. So, oh, I think also um, Kendra, can't, uh, or is it, what is it? Kendra Miller, uh, he rushed for 142 yards and a touchdown as well. So um, good offensive performance by TCU. Probably would have wanted to close SMU out, but, you know, SMU's they're going to try and get, get they're going to try and get back at Sony Dykes for what he, what he did up the off during the off season. So um <laughs> big one for TCU. They got they got they got a frying pan to return to Fort Worth. Uh so okay that that uh, that's good. I I, I mean that, that I don't re- really have too much thoughts on this one. Yeah we still got to see more from TCU at least for me. All right let's get to the second biggest game of the day in Big 12 play John Texas at Texas Tech. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Absolute banger of a game right before uh, K-State OU. I mean, Texas Tech kicks a field goal 
to win 37-34 in OT. Bijan Robinson, the first play of overtime, fumbles and pretty and completely costs Texas uh, Texas the game. Just Texas abs- Texas going to Texas. <laughs> you know, I I understand I understand Texas was still coming in facing a lot of adversity, especially when you have Quinn Ewers uh, out on the sideline. Texas, you Texas managed to use Bajon for the most part, but when it came to the when it came to the final the, the bigger plays, he, he did not he was not able to convert. Um, I mean, he was their best player. Only he only touched football for seventeen times on Saturday, though. Um, you have to give your best player the football for the most part, and I understand you. There's a lot of costly plays, a result that cost you the game. I mean, just ask Missouri yesterday as well. Um, and it's not that Texas was. It's not that Texas played bad. It was that Texas Tech played pretty good, like 479 total yards. 331 passing, I, I believe, 331 passing. Uh, it could be the other way around with the rushing, but um, it, it was a big win for Texas Tech, especially for Donovan Smith. He was kind of in the same position as Adrian Martinez. Um, well, except Donovan Smith had serious turnover issues. But Yeah, he, he had some turnover issues. And, uh, you know, eventually we'll, we'll probably see Tyler So come back for, for Texas Tech, but um, you, you, this is pr- this is probably a bigger opportunity for Texas Tech to win games, especially when you have when you have uh, Smith as your quarterback. Yeah, I mean Texas to, or Texas, excuse me, is up twenty four fourteen at halftime. I mean the second half they go turnover on downs, touchdown, and then punt, 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 and then you know they have a little bit of time left um, at the end of the fourth quarter, and they can't get down to score a field goal, and then fumble on the first play of overtime. So um, kind of a choke job by Texas here. Um, it's a tough environment in Lubbock. Those fans are crazy. They're a very similar kind of crazy to K-State the way I see it. So that was what makes it so fun to play Texas Tech. Um, but a great win for them. And uh, it's a shame they don't kind of schedule uh, the timings uh, and what channel they're on, you know, the week of the game. Because 11 a.m. ESPN Plus feels a little like – the. Texas Tech, K State doesn't really deserve that. I mean, it's not. It's not that I. It's not ESPN Plus that I have a problem with, but it's ESPN Plus at eleven o'clock, man. Like, why? What? Why would you do an eleven a.m. kickoff for a streaming game? You can. You can practically you have it whenever. Yeah, you can have it whenever. I mean, just looking at some of the games in the past that K State's had ESPN Plus games, it, there, there were some primetime games in Stillwater. Um, you had you had like the season opening games where you typically have, um, well, I know I know historically you had Brian Smolers calling some of it saw some of the ESPN Plus games. Um, then then once we got into Big Twelve now, big commentator role kind of switched. It was kind of more of a non bias uh, commentary. But you know, I mean, you could you can literally schedule any other time. But of course, you have to do, do eleven o'clock because well, I mean, why not? I mean, you're you're getting you're getting Texas Tech and K State, not Texas and Oklahoma. Well, actually, even then, they're playing eleven o'clock too. So I don't know. But oh, <coughs> oh my goodness. Uh, but ultimately, uh, this was this was 
I mean, Texas just continues to find ways to to blow games, and uh, they're now two and two for the for the first time uh, for the first month of the season. It's it's fair to wonder how how the season will hold under Steve Sarkeesian, especially for Steve Sarkeesian, which he had a lot of talent to work with this upcoming year. Following a five and seven year in which you lost to Kansas. And the next thing you know, you now you're not. I mean, you. I mean, losing to Alabama that that's. I mean, expected. You, you yeah. That's expected. Um, you had to beat Texas Tech here to to even sniff a chance at going to Arlington now, and especially now that you're considering that Texas Tech just played better than Texas. I mean, Texas is now going to have to witness a lot of these teams for Big Twelve play, whether it's Baylor, uh, Oklahoma. Uh, even maybe even TCU is Texas a fourth best team in the Big Twelve. Texas might be the fourth, oh, like the fourth best team in the state of Texas. I mean that's <laughs> that's pathetic and sad. Um, I mean you know, but you got if if Texas isn't able to really put on put on a lot more impressive drives, especially under Bijan Robinson, uh, we might be just witnessing the same old Texas that we're that we're known to see. Yeah, seven and five if they're lucky. I'm looking at the Big 12 standings right now, and it is just so surreal. See Kansas Jayhawks at the very top, <laughs> and then at the very bottom, you've got well West Virginia, but they, but then you got OU and, and Texas mm-hmm. down there right with them alongside Iowa State as the bottom feeders in the Big 12. Times are changing, John. It's it's a crazy time to be alive. It's 2007 all over again, of which we're seeing KU. Uh, KU fans come out on Twitter arguing how how big of a powerhouse Duke is, uh, that that they were able to beat them. Uh, I mean, you, I mean, seeing just seeing the, the rankings come out this way, especially with, uh, with especially with Texas and Oklahoma, like like you, you got two more years in the Big Twelve before you play some real football in the SEC. No, no, I mean, not, not, not dissing the Big 12 or anything, but the SEC is just on another level. But y'all, y'all got to get your crap together if you want to go out with a bang, <laughs> especially coming to SEC play. Um, when, when you're, when you're having to face the Alabamas, the Georgias of the world, I mean, y- y- y'all, y'all are, y'all are in for a, for a long haul. I mean, just ask Nebraska. Uh, look, I mean, leaving, leaving for greener pasture. I mean, Leaving for greener pastures doesn't always work out. Work out in the long run. Yeah, that's it. It's going to be a crazy year in the Big Twelve once again because there's just so many good teams, especially with KU now. I mean, who knows? There aren't any really terrible teams. West Virginia's not great. I don't think they're terrible though. They um, they did they did put the beating on Virginia Tech though. Yeah, uh, I mean we we did forget to mention that. Um, yeah, JT I mean we Daniels. talked about it on Friday. So but, uh, did we yeah. talk about it on Friday? Yeah. Oh. You know, it's just been that type of day it's, already. It, that game does not matter. We're, we're still riding that. It doesn't matter. The ACC sucks. Yeah. All right, John. Um, now that we've covered Big 12 stuff, done every done all that football checklist, let's cover some volleyball real quick. Because uh, K-State played KU on Saturday, 4 p.m. in Bramlage. Um, lost in five sets. Um, <sighs> big storyline, obviously, Mackenzie Morris uh, getting her thousandth dig. Uh, she's the fastest player to do it. Uh, in school history in the rally scoring area. So that's a huge uh, milestone for her. 
But um, in terms of this game, John, it's it's the errors that really stick out when you look at the stats. Not going to win a lot of games when you're all, when you have twelve more errors than the other team. And, and what's really the most disappointing part about it is that K State had to add pretty much the entire week to prepare for KU when KU was coming off of a, a, a five set a five set loss of a number number one team in the country in Texas. So um, for the most, I mean, not taking anything away from KU's win because you know I think I think um, Ray Bashard, the head coach there. He's done a great job, um, really, really getting KU off the ground, especially over the past few years, in which they were kind of the same role as K State. They were, they were just falling short of making the NCAA tournament. And the next thing you know, they make the Sweet Sixteen last year, um, and just, just ultimately, lately, lately, especially being being a, a thorn on K State lately. I think four four can. One, two, three, three consecutive wins, all of them coming in Bramwich Coliseum. Um, just just kind of a not really the right route you want to go. Um, you know, shout out, uh, shout out to Mackenzie Morris as well. I mean, 1,000 career digs. I mean, that is that is impressive, especially especially doing performing like that in the back row. We have so many outside hitters. Um, that are going to really try and take the advantage um, on, on the defense for the most part. So uh, K-State, they owned this, they owned the edge when it came to total kills, um, but it was the errors that were the, the key difference and as well the slow starts. Um, you know, KU, KU took the first two sets. K-State was, wasn't really able to manage uh, wasn't really able to get things going early, and then the fifth set as well, in which K State was trailing eight to two. Uh, you just can't, you just can't start off that slow, uh, as well. I think Aaliyah Carter, she put it, she put her best season output so far with twenty kills. Um, so it's great to see her, um, getting getting back into some action more as well. Yeah, it's good to see her get twenty kills. I mean, you had four people with double digit kills. I mean, a few other numbers to note: Lauren Hinkle had a career high for assists. In a game 57, Molly Ramsey had uh, 12 digs in this game, which is a career high for her as well. I mean, the numbers look good besides looking at the errors. I mean, I think they were just spending the entire time trying to make up for all the mistakes that they were uh, making throughout the game, and it ended up costing them losing in five sets. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, I, I, I blinked out for a second. No, you're fine. <laughs> I, I thought I, th I thought you were wrapping up the show for a second. I was like, oh, I thought wait. about it. But <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll 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 say my final stuff. So, um, let me pull up the schedule real quick. All right. Yeah, just just ultimately not not the best way not not the best outlook. Um, when it comes to a rivalry game like this, we'll see how K State really. Um, recovers from this. They go to Texas Tech on Wednesday. Uh, Texas Tech, one of one of the higher ranked teams in the Big Twelve, especially over the past few years. Uh, and then you got Iowa State this upcoming Sunday, which will be an ESPNU televised game as well. So, um, got a you got a you got a few big games coming up here. I mean, you also got like because right after that, if, if things get a little more difficult, you go to Morgantown on October fifth, 
and then follow that up, you go to Austin to take on Texas um, a week after that. So the big the 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 thing the thing that just kind of that is the ultimate disadvantage for K State, and that goes for a lot of Big Twelve teams, is that I mean you're not going to benefit off of a round robin uh, for the most part because like you 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 know like for for like the Big Ten or the SEC. They'll have like the selected teams from another division you'll play. Well, you're getting the overall load in the Big 12. This just not goes for volleyball. This goes for men's basketball and women's basketball as well. So um, we'll see how this volleyball team responds. Um, that Texas Tech game is going to be really crucial if K-State wants to make a push for the NCAA tournament. They're, they're going to have to do some more work when it comes to really strengthening their RPI. Yep, this Wednesday, 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus, or you can listen on the radio on KMAN. Um, but, John, uh, what a time to be alive. K-State's um, beaten Oklahoma three out of the last four years. It's... Uh, and and hopefully hopefully the soccer team caps off a Catterday weekend. They, they got Oklahoma State uh, as well um, Sunday, Sunday yep. 1, 1 p.m. Uh, so, hoping, hoping, hoping. <laughs> Like it, it's been that type of weekend, um, it, it. But Oklahoma State eight one and one, top of the Big Twelve. We'll see if K State's able to pull off some, pull off some football magic and put that onto the on Boozer Family Park as well. Yeah, you really hope so. But it'll probably be a, a pretty tough game. I'm about to go, actually head over shortly to go and work the game. So it should be interesting, and we'll see how that goes. But um, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at ShakenBlake785. Take our quiz on Sparkle. Make sure if you're listening on Apple Podcasts to leave a rating. We would really appreciate it. You can be honest. It's okay. And uh, until next time, Cats by 90. Cats by 90. Emo, emo, emo. Emo. <laughs>